Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. CP, what's poppin'? How y'all doing? Oh, um, hi guys. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Brenda Palmer, and I am the Director of Communications and Experiences, and I am excited that I get to share the word with you this morning. Y'all ready? All right, say this for me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I will will make make room for you. All right, you said it, I didn't, so, uh, all right. Okay, so uh, I got a story for y'all. So, like, back in January, I had COVID. Unfortunately, it was uh, my second battle with it, but I won. As you can see, I'm here. All right, Um, and so Pastor John and Pastor Ann uh, dropped a couple of things off at my house, and um, it was a lot of stuff, okay? I'm just setting this. This is a judgment-free zone? Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't feel convinced. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. So in those things that they gave me was a plant. Okay. So they gave me a plant. I don't know why they gave me a plant and I was fighting for my life. Like who got time to take care of a plant? Okay. So I get the plant. I sit it on my counter and um, I'll just, you know, go back to trying to beat COVID. So like some weeks pass, I get back to work and I happen to ask Pastor Ann, I'm like, that plant that you gave me? was it real? And she's like, I was like, it was fake, right? She's like, no, Brenda, it was real. I was wrong because I thought it was fake. And this, this is what it, this what happened to the plant. This is what happened to it. Okay. In my defense, right? The way that the plant was sitting on the counter and when I would walk past it, it looked alive. It was all still green on one side. Before it got to this part, it was green. I promise you it was. When I asked if it was real, it was still green. Um, I, got, I, got, I got the plant today. I don't know why I still have the plant, but, but I, I have it. I wanted to bring it to y'all. It, it, got, it got a little, it's, this is bad. This is bad. Here's, here's, here's what I don't understand why she would, but wait, it's some green. Look, look. No, it is. It's, I'm looking at the green. Sorry, I'm going to sit this right here. You know, backstory, when I first started working here, they gave me three plants and they all died. I don't know why they keep giving me plants. I am not, I don't have a green thumb. I don't. It's not for me. It takes time. You got you to gotta put this plant in the right environment. You got to be intentional. You got to water it. You got to check on it. Some people talk to them. Like my dad, he got a green thumb. He talks to the plants. He sprays them. He's like, hey, how you? I don't got time for that. I don't have time for that. And while all of y'all are looking at me, judging me, I see your eyes. I see how you're judging me. You're looking at this plant. This can also be a reflection of our spiritual lives. And some of those same excuses are why I gave you and why I don't got time to care for this plant is the same excuses we give when it's time to pour into and cultivate our spiritual lives. I, I received the plant. I took it in set it on the counter, and that's where I left it. And oftentimes, it's the same thing we do in our lives. 
And our, our salvation, the journey of it, it looks a lot like this. I say yes to Jesus, and oftentimes we settle for him as a savior, and we don't know him in any other manner. Yeah, I say yes to Jesus, Woo! going to heaven, on with my life, because I don't got time to cultivate a true relationship. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. Say, make room for one thing. Yeah. All right, so let's go to Revelations 3 and 20. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I love this verse because it's a journey, right? I stand at the door and knock. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't push himself on us. He stands at the door and knocks. You know what he's waiting on? An answer. But he, don't, he ain't banging the door down. He just said, I'm there, standing at the door and knocking. Knocking into our life, knocking at the door of our situation, knocking at the door of whatever it is that he needs to be invited into, he stands at the door and knocks. Then it says, if anyone hears my voice, which means there's a proximity change. First, he's standing at the door and knocks. If I want to hear his voice, I got to get a little bit closer to the door. If anyone hears my voice, then I will come into him. There's a process. He stands at the door and knocks. I make a decision. All right. I think I want to see who's there. I lean in a little bit, a little bit. I can hear his voice. Then I make a decision to invite him into me. Then it says, and I will dine with him. That's not just, all right, Jesus, come on, sit you on the, all right, I'll holler. That's not what that is. When we used to have dinner, because I know, you know, technology and social media has taken dinner tables away from us. We all got schedules. We all got stuff to do. So nobody's, all, nobody's really sitting at the table and dining, but there's an intimacy that happens when you sit at the dinner table. It's like, how was your day? How are you doing? How are you doing? What's going on in your life? Tell me about it. What are you working on? What, what are you doing? There's a level of intimacy. There's an exchange. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me, I'll come into you and dine with you. That means he cares about the stuff that you care about. There's a development of intimacy there. We don't always choose that. We sit him and say, man, I don't got time to sit with Jesus. Oh, my God. I don't know how we can say that, but that's, that, we don't always say it out of our mouths, but our lives, our lives do. Our lives say, I don't got time for this. I got stuff. I got stuff. You got stuff? Okay. All right. I don't want to talk back to me. I know this was going to be a tough one, but guess what? We here. We here today. All right. So let's go to uh, Luke. You know, whenever God gives us a word, we in this series, I'm, I, I love a good story, you know? So I'm like, Lord. We need a story to help us see. And there's one that we're familiar with, but I want to challenge you to, you know, let's see with some fresh eyes today. We're going to talk about Martha and Mary. Y'all ready? Y'all real quiet on me already. Already. All right. So we're going to read it together, and then we're going to hop in it. All right. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. 
But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. In the Message Bible, it says she was drawn away. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. Look to your neighbor and say, make room for one thing. All right, so here's what we know. It was Martha's house. She invited Jesus in, made him feel good and comfortable. Then she set him there, and then she was drawn away by her serving responsibilities. Hey, what's in your life that's drawing you away? You make a decision to follow Jesus, and when we first get saved, we first encounter Jesus, we like, whoo, all in. First one to church, first one on the front row. I want to serve on all the teams. I want to be in all the groups, and then we are drawn away. We're still doing the same things, but it says she was drawn away by her serving responsibilities. What I paid attention to is that she called it a responsibility and not a privilege. When I serve God, it's a privilege when he's attached to it. When he's not attached to it, it's a responsibility. So here we have a picture of Martha who has invited Jesus in. We got a picture of us. We've invited Jesus in, but then we're drawn away from the very thing that's supposed to draw us to him. When you commit to serve Jesus, and let me help you, it's not just serving responsibilities in church. It's your job. It's what you call to. It's your purpose. It's your children. It's your family. Whatever that is, it, it draws you away from God when he's not connected to it. So here's where Martha missed it. She's doing the right thing, but at the wrong time. The thing that she's doing is supposed to draw her into a moment with Jesus, and she forsakes the moment with Jesus to do the thing. What's drawing you away? I ain't going to talk about y'all. I'm going to talk about myself. It's a lot going on in the world. What's drawing you away? I wish I could say, that just like Mary, I seat myself at the feet of Jesus. The moment Jesus comes in, Martha, drawn away by her responsibilities, Mary seats herself at the feet of Jesus. That's a, that is a decision, an intentional one. She could, ooh, I'm going too fast. She seats herself <laughs> at the feet of Jesus. When you have an encounter with Jesus, when he shows up, in this room, this morning, we're singing, I will make room for you. We're singing it. You got a choice and a decision. You can seat yourself at the feet of Jesus or you can focus on all the things that are going on. You can be drawn away or you can seat yourself at the feet of Jesus. We see two pictures, two choices. You can be a beer, just be, or you can do. What choice are you going to make? I don't want to live life, especially in 2022, apart from Jesus. But here's the thing. 
If I keep choosing to be drawn away and I don't seat myself at his feet, my life will look like this. You know what that plant is? Dead. Y'all still judging me. I feel that. I feel that. Because you all like, Brenda, you killed it. I did. <laughs> I neglected it. But guess what? I don't want my spiritual life to look like this. I want to seat myself at the feet of Jesus. You know what that means? I get whatever I need. Martha is drawn away by all the stuff. And y'all, we always read the story like, oh my God, how could Martha invite Jesus in and not even the same way we do? The same way we choose to wake up in the morning, get in the shower, get dressed out the door without ever praying. How? How? How can we invite Jesus in and not commune with him? He said, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and you let me in, I'll dine with you. When you came to church this morning, did you decide not to dine with him? Because you like, we about to have, you know, community dining. So, no, no, it's not. What if you didn't make it? What if you didn't, what if, what if on your way he called you home? Y'all, it's that serious. It's that serious. It's that serious. A moment to sit at his feet. It's precious. It's not one that I could just be like, all right, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe not. What's drawing you away? Is it your disappointment with him because he didn't show up how you thought he should, when he should? So you like, no, I'm good on that. What's drawing you away? Y'all with me? Yeah. I know it's, it's tough. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Deep breath. <sighs> Blow it out. We making it. We making room. We making room. Because at the end of the day, when this all wraps up, only one thing is going to matter. I don't want to get to heaven because you know the people that's been in church all their life can't wait to get to heaven like, ooh, I'm going in. And Jesus like, depart from me. I never knew you because you can show up here every week, serve. You can counsel people. You can prophesy. You can preach and be far from the Lord. You can do all of that. And this could be your spiritual life because you don't know him. It didn't say Martha was drawn away, going to play. Like, she wasn't, she was doing important stuff. You know, she was doing it without Jesus. Jesus, y'all, Jesus was at her house. You know, he, he rolled up. She, she knew who Jesus was. She said, hey, Jesus, come on in. Sits him down and goes and, and, and does, I don't even know. Couldn't have been more important than Jesus. Because at this time, Jesus is preaching. He's sharing the word. He's giving out the needful thing. He's giving out what she needs to make it through. And Martha's busy serving. Who? Who are you serving? Because the, the service that Jesus needs is Mary seating herself at his feet. She's doing things apart from God. You know what this is a picture of? Ooh. Relationship versus religion. I know we don't like that word, but religion 
carries a spirit. And you know what it does? It lets you look real good on the outside when your insides are toe up. The spirit of religion, love this definition. Ty McGuire says, the spirit of religion is a shift from joyful obedience in God in a transformed life to simply doing the right things and abstaining from the wrong ones. So Martha's good, cause she, she doing the right thing. You know, Jesus shows up, let me help you. Customarily, she was absolutely doing the right thing. Women in those times ain't participated in a conversation. You know, the way that they got the word was through somebody else who heard it. Also, women proved their value by how they served others, how they made their houses, how they cooked their food, how they take care of their families. They, they, that's where their value was locked up into. So really, Martha wants Jesus to see her, but she's missing the moment. You know, all that stuff you do to try to make, to to prove your worth. And God's like, I already made you worthy. Religion tells you do and you'll get. Relationship says he did so you can have. I know this, we we all at some point struggle with the spirit of unworthiness. I, 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 I talk about myself because y'all want to sit here look at me like I'm crazy. So I tell y'all my business. I will. I didn't plan on it, but here we are. All right, so hi, my name is Brenda, and I am a recovering perfectionist. All right? I, bro, I hate to mess up. Like, I hate to get it wrong. I, I promise you if I get it wrong, I'm like 10 weeks in. I bet you ain't going to never miss it again. Like, I hate it. And that is so, that don't make sense. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. What, what, are we, what are we doing? We're not perfect. So one day I asked God, I'm like, dang, God, like, why, why is this, why is this hitting me so hard? Why, is, why, why can't I move on? Or why can't I move past it? He said, let me, let me deal with that. I said, I'm, I'm this one I'm asking. You know, this is how we talk. This, <laughs> you know, I got a smart mouth. He got one, too. We just go back and forth. <laughs> go back and forth. He'll meet you where you are, all right? That's what that was for. So I'm like, all right, let's go. He said, because... It's connected to your unworthiness. He said, you think you don't deserve where I'm calling you to. So you're trying to prove that you're worthy of it. He said, hey, I already did that. I already, it says before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. At that point, he called me. So there's nothing I could do to earn where he's calling me to be. There's nothing I can do to mess it up. But once I rest and seat myself at his feet, I recognize that it is through him I'm empowered to walk out what he called me to do. It is your unworthiness that makes, it brings glory to God. It's because you shouldn't have been. It's because you toe up. It's because you failed. When he puts his grace on that, man, he changes lives. And then he lets the next person know that you can never do anything to change his mind about you too. He loves you. Romans says nothing can separate you from the love of God. His love chose you. So when I get in a moment and I got to make a choice, if I'm going to do the stuff or if I'm going to seat myself at his feet, I'm going to seat myself at his feet every chance I get. Guess what? In this moment, it cost Mary more to sit at the feet of Jesus than it did Martha to do whatever she was used to doing all the time. It cost her more. 
it was out of tradition for a woman to sit at the feet of a man and listen to what he said. But Mary said, I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. And if we don't, if we don't adopt that heart, we're going to be messed up. If we don't adopt that heart, that nothing else matters but being at the feet of Jesus. I know they told you it was your career and it was your status and it was your political beliefs. I know they told you that stuff matters, but it doesn't. Make room for one thing, an encounter with Jesus. It's what changes and shifts your life inside out so that you can live it out. Martha was not doing the wrong thing. She was just doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Martha and Mary, we know them, they're characters. You know who they are? Lazarus sisters. The importance of being at the feet of Jesus. Jesus shows up on the scene. We're going with it. Jesus shows up at, on the scene. Martha comes out, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He says, hey girl, chill, he gonna live. She's like, I know Lord, in heaven, where all of us gonna live. He said, no, he'll rise today. Mary comes out. You know what she does? Runs to the feet of Jesus and she weeps and she says the same thing. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You know what he did? The shortest verse in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. And guess what? He not moved by your feelings and your attitude and your entitlement on how you think he should show up. Mary falls to the feet of Jesus and, and she pours out tears. You know what that is? Relationship. She's dined with him. She knows him. Martha's telling Jesus what she knows from knowledge. Mary is telling it from relationship, experience. She's the same Mary that poured out fragrant oil on Jesus' feet. They got a relationship. Jesus wept. And right after he wept, child, he raised Lazarus from the dead. His relationship with her moved him to tears. You want Jesus to show up? Build a relationship so you know what to do. You know how to come to him. Jesus, the Lord only hearkens to his word. But if you don't know it, how can you call him to it? How can I say, Lord, you said without knowing what he said. I'm going to help you. I'm going to make it a little practical for you. What does it look like to sit at the feet of Jesus? How about number one, studying his word? When you got the opportunity to Netflix and chill. Yeah, I said it. Because it's not just, it's not just, oh, Brenda, I got you. I'm a, no, it matters when it, there's another option. When there's something else you could be doing, then it's a sacrifice. It got to cost you something. He gave it. He gave it to you freely. But to care for this plan, child, it takes time. Time I don't got. That's why it's dead. But it takes time. Let's go to, I know, all off my notes. Praise the Lord. Let's go to verse... <laughs> I love that y'all love this because this I'm all off notes. Um, all right, all right, all right. Martha, Martha, let's go to that verse. 
Ooh. Okay, the and she approached him and said, let's do that first. Y'all hear it with me? This is a commercial break. <clears throat> the show's coming back on in a little while. All right, I'm going to just read it from here, okay? And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. You know how you, know how you do stuff without the Lord and you want to call him into your stuff? With an attitude. Like, Lord, you see Mary over there sitting at your feet and I'm over here working hard. Girl, get a clue. Join Mary. And it's going to tell Jesus, tell her to do her part. What? What is happening? I'm sorry. This is how I read the Bible. It's very entertaining. You should try it. This is, this is a whole sitcom. I promise you it is. Like, What? But we do that. We like, we like, Lord, I know I had went out and I had did this thing, but could you please get this boot off my car? No, why did you go? You know what? It, that sounds real simple, but it is. It's like that thing you do and then some, I don't know about y'all, I'm going to talk about myself again. When I would do stuff that I have no business, I always ended up like doing, a, like I always get caught. I can't do anything wrong. Like I always get caught. When I was 16, you know, you're driving a car. It was that rule you can only have one person in a car? So I had one person in a car. Why am I telling my business? I had one person in a car. And then I had, I, I was like dating. And I had my boyfriend too. But it was like, all right, we can go to the movies. Y'all, my, my battery died. I left my lights on. I can't call my daddy and be like, hey, um, can you come give me a jump? Because I got two people in the car. I'm only supposed to have one. So I'm like, Lord, please let the car start. Please let the car start. No, girl, you are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> the Lord is not showing up. I ain't even going to lie to y'all. I had to tell my boyfriend, boy, you better call somebody to come get you because you got to go. <laughs> and, you, and you need to be gone by the time my daddy get here because I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I don't even know him. Oh my, how did you get to the movies? Oh my, oh, my God. But that's how we be. We go all off and make decisions apart from the Lord, and then we want him to come in and fix it. I wonder how much better of an experience Martha would have had if she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and then maybe get up and do all that she wanted to do. Because the reality is, Jesus is after you. I, I know you want to do a thing. And I know you want a platform. And you want to be whatever you want to be. You want to do whatever you want to do. But Jesus is after you. When life goes wrong, because let me tell you, you know, Mary seated herself. Most of us, life throws us at his feet. We, we know how to sit there and get what we need when stuff is going wrong. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Now, I, I mean, I mean all night prayers. All night prayers. You said, wake up at three. I got you, Lord, because I really need you to move. I really need you to move. I wonder what it would be if you started there. And stop treating him like a 911 call. He's not that. He's not just there when you are in the time of trouble. He will show up because that's grace. And that's the kind of God we have. But I wonder if we stop treating him like a side chick. <clears throat> Might have been a little too far. Sorry. <laughs> but y'all know what I was trying to say. 
<laughs> you know what I was trying to say, you know, because it's not the main thing. It's only when I need it. It's only when life is, when I can't figure it out on my own. Martha couldn't figure out on her own why Mary was at his feet, so she asked Jesus to be involved. Instead of saying, hey, Jesus, should I sit at your feet too? She wants Jesus to come and fix it. Stop trying to ask him, what if he treated you like you treat him? What if he only spent time with you the amount of time that you spend with him right now? What if, what if you decided to wake up and he said, dried your, just suck your, suck your breath up and didn't let you breathe because he didn't have time? I know, deep breath, come on. Blow it out, it's good, we making room, we making room. <clears throat> I know, y'all don't know where I'm at. All right. <laughs> all right, she asked Jesus all of these things, right? But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha. I started digging a little bit deeper. Because I wanted to know why he said her name twice. He didn't just say, like, in, in other versions, too, it says Martha, dear Martha. It still says it twice. <laughs> so I started doing research, and I paid attention to something. When Jesus or the Lord says a person's name in the Bible two times, it's right before a moment of elevation or a shift. Something in their life changes. Y'all didn't believe me, but I got you. Genesis 22 and 11. Right before Abraham is about to kill his promise, the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham. And then he goes on to say, because of your obedience, I'll give you descendants to number the stars. Child, it's us. Hey, how y'all doing? We all in this room. <laughs> Genesis 46 and 2, Jacob has a vision. The Lord says, Jacob, Jacob. Right after that, he says, go to Egypt and I'll make your tribe a great nation. He went from having 12 sons to 12 tribes, elevation. Exodus 3 and 4, you know that burning bush, the thing that was burning but wasn't catching fire? Moses, Moses. He goes from tending sheep to a deliverer of a nation. Samuel. The Lord calls him a couple times. But not until the last time does he say, Samuel, Samuel. He says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He goes from being a little boy serving the priest to being one of the most prolific prophets. And Martha, Martha. Mar Martha, Martha. No, no, no. <laughs> it almost got me. God is calling Martha higher. What Mary was getting at his feet, God gave it to her in her mind. He said, Martha, Martha, he's calling her up. You know what he's doing? He's calling her out of religion into relationship. He said, I know you don't get it, but I'm gonna help you understand it. He says, you're worried and you're bothered and you're anxious, but Mary, only this one thing is necessary. You know what this one thing is? Relationship. 
I know, Martha, you used to doing all the stuff and you got to make it make sense and you got to do all the things. You got to serve. You got to show your worth. You got to find value in all of it. But only this one thing is necessary. It's a relationship with Jesus. I want to hit this and then I'm almost done. Y'all with me? Yeah. All right. So she, he says, you are worried and bothered and anxious. Now, worried, being bothered, frosted. Pastor Aaron gave us 75 words for bothered last week. I am too done. <laughs> and anxious. Worried means to be anxious or troubled about actual or potential problems. Bothered is to be concerned about something. Anxious is experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Martha, drawn away by her worry, by being bothered, and by her anxiety. Those three things are not fruit of the spirit. You know what that means? Martha was disconnected from the vine. So all that serving responsibilities that she's doing, she's doing it without Jesus, which is why she's worried and bothered and anxious. Not, not just Martha, us too. You feel like you're walking through life and you, all you got to do is turn on the news and be worried and bothered and anxious. Let's go to John 15. Here's what Martha was missing. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith. That's what fruit is. Unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. Brenda, what's fruit? Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness. Those are fruits of the Spirit. If your life don't bear that, there's a disconnect from the vine. So if I'm going to serve, if I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, I want to do it connected to the vine. I don't want to be worried and anxious. Matthew 5 tells us, who, which one of you can add a single moment to the length of your life by worrying? He tells us that he clothes the lilies of the field and they are not spooning cotton, making their clothes. He just does it. So why? Why would I be worried? Because I haven't connected to the vine who gives me a peace and a knowing that it's going to be okay. And let me hit anxiety for a minute. Y'all got time? All right, cool. I was going to do it anyway, but thank you for your permission. All right, so the Lord gave me this revelation about anxiety. So, so people like scientists, doctors, whether they believe or not, how they're treating anxiety is with your breathing. They'll tell you to take a deep breath. You know, in Genesis, when God created human beings, you know what he did? He breathed. Life into them, the Ruach of God. So I want to challenge you with this anxiety thing. Keep going with that breathing thing because you know what it does? It reminds your body who's in control. When you take that deep breath, 
and your mind into submission of what already is. You have the Ruach of God in your life, in your body. That's his, we sing this song, it's your breath in our lungs. We sing it, we sing it, but I need you to know it. It's the breath of God in your body. So when anxiety takes over your breathing, all you got to do is inhale everything that God is and remind your body that he's in control. So then I can live out the, the, the scripture that says, be anxious for nothing. So you know what I do every morning when anxiety, because let me tell you, anxiety tried to creep in a little bit. I was like, whoo, Lord, we got to preach. And you know what I declared? Brenda is anxious for nothing. Because that's what the word says. So I declare that. And then it says, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make my request known to God. So do you know why Brenda is not anxious for nothing? Because I've laid it at his feet. And then I thanked him that it was already done. Every time anxiety tries to creep up at your door, you remind it who's in control. You have authority over it. And that's simple. Just breathe. Just breathe. I don't know what's going there, but praise the Lord. <clears throat> All right. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage which will not be taken away from her. Mary made a choice. Well, you said, Brenda, what's the one thing? Well, you know, my homeboy David told us a long time ago. Let's go to Psalms 27, verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. What is this one thing? To dwell in his presence. I read, I read John 15 for y'all. It says, that said remain. There's another version that says abide in me and I'll abide in you. What's that one thing? What's the one thing we making room for? His presence. Because it is in his presence where you find everything you need. You, you, you feeling depressed? It says in his presence is the fullness of joy. Everything that I need is in his presence. Everything that Martha needed so her day could get a little bit better because she was tripping was in, in, in his presence. In his presence. The worship team, you guys can come. I want to do this next verse. It says, Psalms 27 and 8. When you said, seek my face in prayer, require my presence as your greatest need. My heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek. What's the greatest need? Presence of God. So today... <clears throat> I want to challenge you to make a choice. And I ain't even going to lie and act like it's not a hard choice to make. It's really easy to make it in this room amongst believers. But when you step outside that door, child, okay, 
This is tough. But what I recognize is that he goes before me, he is with me, and he's covering me behind. So I'll make a choice to seat myself at his feet every single day. But I got to erase how I think it should go. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not coming in here doing the church thing. I'm telling y'all, that, that ain't, that, that's not getting us nowhere. It's about relationship. Religion has had you bound for too long. And it's made you think that you got to do something or that you've done too much to encounter him. And that's a lie. So today, let's all make the choice to not be drawn away. But to see our feet, see us ourselves at the feet of Jesus. It's the only sure thing that will produce a result. Don't be drawn away. So we sang make room earlier. I'm going to pray. I just want to challenge you all over this room to make room for the one thing right now in this moment. If you would lift your hands and have a personal moment with him. Because when we get to heaven, we don't get to go together. For some of us, the choice is deepening our relationship with Jesus. But for some of us, it's the start of one. I want to open up this moment for you. You said, man, Brenda, you said a lot, but um, can I get to know him first? And absolutely. Actually, this whole moment is about you, that you can have an encounter with Jesus. So many years ago, he said, hey, that person, I chose them. This is your Martha, Martha moment. He's calling your name. And so if something I'm saying right now hits your heart and you can, you like, I don't really know what's happening, but my body feels a little bit differently than it normally did. That's him at you. He is standing at the door and he's knocking and he's a gentleman. He just needs the opportunity for you to invite him in. And if that's you, I want you to do me a favor and just shoot your hand up wherever you are in the room. It's waiting on you. Next call is if you feel like I've been drawn away. <clears throat> I made the decision to follow Jesus, but I've been slipping. I have allowed things to pull me away from Jesus. Disappointment, hurt, anger, all the things happening in my life and in the world, I've been drawn away. If that's you, you meet me at the altar. All it takes is one, break the ice, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see you. I see you. Yeah. Amen. There's no condemnation. What you're feeling is conviction. And that's just God saying, hey, I want back in. So if you raise your hand, can you do a bold, courageous thing and meet me at this altar? Come on. You got it. I seen your hands. Yeah. 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 Come on. We celebrate. Yeah. 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 All right. Here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right now, you make an altar at the feet of Jesus because he's the only one who matters in this moment. Baby girl, he's not mad at you. He loves you completely, completely, completely. There's absolutely nothing you can do to, to, to disappoint him. He already knew you, and he loves everything about you. And it is our brokenness that brings glory to God. It is our brokenness that brings glory to God. Corinthians tells us that behold, old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Today, you become a new creature. You're not your bad mistakes. You're not your bad decisions. You're not, you're not, you're drawn away. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus and he was waiting on you. So Lord, we thank you for every person at this altar. God, we thank you for a moment of encounter that would change and shift their lives. God, we thank you for speaking to them. God, and I pray right now that you would minister to their hearts, that whatever it is that they're walking away from, God, they would never go back in Jesus' name, that today is a new day, that today is a new day. And I pray that as an acceptance of who you are, God, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of them and empowers them to live and walk and grow closer to you, God. I pray for a deeper hunger and thirst as the deer pants. God, may their souls long for you and nothing else. We break every habit. Yeah. We break every, yeah, every lie of the enemy that would tell you that your life is not worth living. We curse it and we send it back to the pit of hell. You shall live and not die in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that every generational curse is broken in the mighty name of Jesus back through the bloodline whatever they're walking through that was somebody else's sins God we break it they got a new bloodline in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Lord we thank you for what you're doing God we thank you that as they walk away from this altar may their lives never be the same in Jesus name in Jesus name and Lord they make a commitment to make room for you to do whatever it is that you want to do in their lives. If it's severing the ties of unhealthy relationships, if it's severing the ties to habits and addictions, God, we break it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in their lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah.